I don't know about you, but I love the worlds that Pixar has created. I wonder if this will stay here. Maybe that's a bad idea. Okay, I'm just going to put that there. I especially love Toy Story. It's true. This movie was actually first released in November 1995, so almost 30 years ago, which I think is insane. But I loved watching it, and it was certainly a joy for Anthony and I to introduce this to our kids when they were little. Not only that, we went about acquiring some of the very same toys, such as Woody and Buzz Lightyear, Jesse and Mr. Potato Head, Rex, Ham, and the whole gang. I don't know if you ever collected any of these, but in our house, we have a tub full of them. Well, if you've watched the movie, you know that every birthday and every Christmas is a time of trepidation for the toys in Toy Story, as Andy, their human, is often gifted new toys. The toys begin to feel like they are going to be replaced. And Woody often reminds his friends of the meaning of who they are. They have Andy's name scribbled on their boots and their feet. It's true. Just like that. See my friends here? Yeah. I knew that was... Thanks, Buzz. I can't stop it. There you go. Well, Woody reminds his friends that Andy's name is on their shoes and on their feet. And this actually defines who they are and what they do, and it actually becomes a significant theme throughout all of the movies. Well, one day after watching these movies, our son Nevin insisted that I get a Sharpie and write his name on the bottom of all of his toys. So he wanted to ensure that anyone, it's true, see, I have them here, but I knew you wouldn't be able to see it, so I got them on the big screen so you can see too, but on the bottom are Nevin's names on all of his toys. I'm going to put these, these dudes here. There we go. But he wanted to ensure that everybody who came over knew that these toys were his. And he wanted his toys to know that they belonged to him. They were special. They were his. Well, as the movie progresses in Toy Story, we see Woody and Buzz rediscover the rich significance of the name on their boots. Woody and Buzz are imprisoned at the mean neighbor's house, Sid, who lives just next door, and Buzz awaits his execution by rocket. In fact, here's a little bit of the dialogue between the two, so let's watch. Hey, Falk, you must not be thinking clearly. No, Woody, for the first time I am thinking clearly. You were right all along. I'm not a space ranger. Just a toy, a stupid, little, insignificant toy. Whoa, hey, wait a minute. Being a toy is a lot better than being a, a space ranger. Yeah, right. No, it is. Look, over in that house is a kid who thinks you are the greatest, and it's not because you're a space ranger, pal. It's because you're a toy. You are his toy. But why would Andy want me? Why would Andy want you? Look at you. You're a Buzz Lightyear. Well, it's true, we could keep watching it, but it's clear that Buzz is discouraged. In fact, <laughs> they together are not doing so well, but Buzz says this, I'm not a space ranger, I'm just a toy, a stupid, insignificant little toy. And Woody begins to remind him what it means to actually be a toy. He says, whoa, hey, wait a minute, being a toy is a lot better than being a space ranger. Look." 
Over there in that house is a kid who thinks you are the greatest. And it's not because you're a space ranger, pal. It's because you're a toy. It's because you're his toy. Well, we've been in a series talking about the Holy Spirit and who he is in our lives. We've been learning about the role of the Spirit in our lives and what that means for us today. And as we continue on, we're going to look at the Holy Spirit as a seal in our lives, as one who marks us and allows us a sense of belonging. Romans 8 is our passage today, verses 14 to 17, and it says this, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children... Then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Ephesians 1.13 says this, When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. You see, when we're sealed, it simply means that you and I have been verified as God's child. In fact, the Greek word for seal means to set a mark upon, to set a seal, or to secure from Satan. It's a form of identity, protection, and even assurance for our lives. Now, we've seen in movies over the years, a seal can be used to guarantee a document. We've seen a seal to indicate ownership of things or to protect against tampering, the old school seal that you would see with the king put his signet ring into the wax. The Holy Spirit is our seal in every sense of the word. And the Holy Spirit in the believer's life helps to guarantee that he or she is a child of God. As we've just read in Romans, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. We are marked as his own. The seal serves as a mark in our lives that we truly belong, that our identity and belonging are in him because he has marked us as his own. Just like Andy's toys, there is a sense of peace that comes when we know we belong, when we know that we are one with the one that we can find comfort in and rest with. And something powerful unfolds in our lives when we know our identity and our belonging. And what Pixar has created is a world where one's righteousness, in other words, their identity, their value, their meaning, and their purpose is derived externally through the love of the one who calls you his own. How much more so should we, as people of faith, know and sense that very worth and value in our lives as God calls us his own? Well, one of my favorite books is called Braving the Wilderness by Brene Brown, and she says this. She says, stop walking through the world looking for confirmation that you don't belong. You will always find it, because that is your mission. Stop scouring people's faces for evidence that you are not enough. You will always find it, because you've made that your goal. True belonging and self-worth are not goods. We don't negotiate their value with the world. 
The truth about who you are lives in our hearts. Our call to courage is to protect our wild heart against constant evaluation, especially our own. No one belongs here more than you. John chapter 10, verse 28 and 29 says, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. You see, to belong is to be accepted. To belong is to feel secure. Without belonging, we are alone. And as humans, our greatest desire is to be known and to know, to love and to be loved, and to feel confident that those who know and love us will be there to walk with us through the good times and in the hardships of life. Brene goes on to say this. She says, fitting in is about assessing a situation and becoming who you need to be to be accepted. Belonging, on the other hand, doesn't require us to change who we are. It requires us to be who we are. There should come a sense of freedom in a statement such as that, as knowing even when you come into the family of God, he doesn't ask you to become something you're not. He asks you to truly and authentically be who you are. And when we walk this road of faith and come to a place of accepting our need of God, something happens in our lives. And the Holy Spirit is invited into our journey, not just as a presence to guide us and to protect us and sustain us, but to imprint a new identity on our lives as a child of God. Our lives are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Like a king's seal placed upon our lives, an identification tag of authenticity has been placed on your life with pride that says, I belong to him. Well, our son Nevin loves sports. And over the years, as he's grown, he's definitely gotten into watching a lot of hockey. And recently, he got to meet one of our newest Canucks players, Andre Kosminko. Any fans? Oh, just a couple? That's so sad. Well, I'm going to tell you the story anyway. He was so excited to meet Kuzmenko, he went and got his picture printed and, and went and stood in line for hours. And he even took time to learn a few words in Russian so he could speak to Kuzmenko. True story. This is Nevin. And as soon as Nevin's photo was signed and a few pictures were taken, uh, he was led to the counter of the store to receive an authentication sticker on his photo, thus deeming it real. It was a seal to prove that this was, in fact, a legitimate signature. Now, you can't get that sticker or authentication anywhere else. You can't just go buy it in a store. You can't just make one yourself and print it off. It is a legitimate seal that is recognizable, identifiable, and proves worth and identity of the signed item. Now... I think it's a perfect picture of what happens when we choose to accept Christ into our lives. When we come to Christ, we recognize our need for him, and we accept that he is God, and when we do, an authentication process unfolds in our lives. We receive the Holy Spirit, the one who Christ sent to be with us, and we have our lives sealed with his presence and his ongoing work in our lives. It does serve to remind us and to reveal Christ's love 
to show that we are his. When we accept Christ, we're marked with a seal to declare that we belong to God, and our lives are forever marked with his presence, his love, his worth, and his identity in us. So, when you were a child, I'm sure you had a favorite toy. And inevitably, when someone would come over, they'd find your favorite toy and want to claim it for themselves. Maybe they'd pick up your toy and play with it. Maybe they were kind to it. Maybe they would hold it tight and run around and play. Or perhaps they mistreated your toy. They tried to break it or maybe twist a leg off or bite an ear off. I speak from experience. Uh, Do you remember what happened when you had these experiences as a child? Well, I know for me, I would get upset. I'd maybe even start to cry, start to fight. I'd try to get my favorite toy back into my hands. I was jealous that they took what was mine. I had feelings of being protected over my cherished item. I wanted to keep it safe. After all, it was mine. Well, it's the same way with God's Spirit. He's there to protect us, to guide us, to nudge us, and to get our attention. He puts his seal on our lives to let the enemy know we belong to God. We are God's child. And he puts his mark on our lives so we're identified, so we know we have a place that you and I belong That when hardships come, we know that we are rooted in someone much bigger than ourselves or even our circumstances. I think of that seal, that sense of belonging actively working in our lives. When we're tempted or make choices that are perhaps aren't in line with God's best for us, or when we struggle and lose our way, the Holy Spirit is there to remind us of who we are and of whose we are and to nudge us along the journey. His work in our lives is never done, and we're sealed with his identity, and that means the Holy Spirit is always at work in your life and in mine, even if we choose not to see it, acknowledge it, or even follow at times. We are his adopted children with full rights and privileges simply because we are his. You and I can easily lose our way in life. We give in to temptations and can be lured into situations we didn't quite anticipate. And just as much as God wants to work in our lives, the enemy also wants to distract us and to derail us. The Holy Spirit is a seal that lays claim to our soul and says, this is my child. He or she belongs to me. We need the Holy Spirit's protection in our lives. Again, Ephesians 1.13 says this, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. It was a promise that was given to all of us. God works to identify us as his own, and he does it by means of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We are, in essence, his children, his adopted sons and daughters. When we come into relationship with Jesus, we are given a new identity. Our old past is gone, and you and I are given a new foundation upon which to grow and to build and to be assured of our standing with him. I love how the message puts this in Galatians 4, chapter 6 and 7. It says this, 
You can tell for sure that you are now fully adopted as his own children because God sent the spirit of his son into our lives crying out, Papa, Father, doesn't that privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain that you are no slave but a child? And if you are a child, you are also an heir with complete access to the inheritance. Max Lucado, in his newest book, talking about the Holy Spirit, says this, God loves you with a perfect love, perfect knowledge of your past mistakes, perfect knowledge of your future missteps, and yet is perfectly willing to love you despite both. He is committed to getting you home safely. It's important for us to have a strong sense of belonging. So how does a sense of belonging affect you? How does it change the way you live? I want you to think about that this morning, what acceptance means to you, what belonging means in your life. It's important for us to have that sense of belonging, whether that's in family, friends, or even our community. It helps us to feel known, secure, seen, heard, and allows us to feel like we are a part of something. We find our identity in the places we belong and are loved. You are protected. So what do you do when you love something fiercely? Well, I know for myself, when it comes to my children, especially my mama bear comes out. (laughs) right? When I love my children or love someone, I want to do everything I can to protect them, to fight for them, to defend them, and to know that, hey, I'm going to do everything. I'm here for it all. Well, that's what God's Spirit does for us. I've seen literal videos, as I'm sure you have, of mama bears, for real, elephants, bald eagles, defending their babies, taking care of them, protecting their young, all sorts of things we've seen and Papa Bears too, let's be honest. So Mike uh, Peterson is back here. Where are you, Mike? Wave your hand. He's like, no, don't do this to me. So Mike attends our site here, and last week he was actually helping us with a project at our house. He installs in-ground irrigation systems, and last week he was out in Langley working on a tree farm a couple weeks ago. And When he was out there, he took a video of an encounter that he had, and just in our backyard, he happened to share it with us. And I was like, dude, can I have that? I want to show that in my message. And so I want to show this with you this morning of his encounter out on the farm. his baby. I don't know where it is. There's a nest right here. Okay, mama. I'll leave you alone. Bye-bye. I love it. This big, huge, vast field, and yet here's Mama Bird protecting her nest wherever it is. Now, Mike can't see the nest, but I love that he knew to stay clear of Mama Bird. And every time he got closer, she'd fan out her wings and chirp even more. That's what the Holy Spirit actually does in our lives. He does the exact same thing. He comes to protect us, even when we don't see it, even when we can't feel it, and even when you and I may doubt it. You are sealed with God's Spirit, and He is watching over you 
He is protecting you, defending you, and he is loving you. Why? Simply because you are his. Years ago, when I was a teen, I attended a youth conference, and the speaker was talking about forgiveness and what it means to be a child of God. We are human, and we make mistakes. We experience failure and missteps along the way. And he was speaking about the power of forgiveness and what we often do to ourselves compared to what God does. So you and I are really good at replaying the missteps and failures of our lives over and over and over again. Now, God, on the other hand, doesn't do that. But you and I often do not allow ourselves to forget the mistakes or the things that we've done. But when you and I come to Christ, it is different. Now, I may age myself here, but that's okay. Now, back before smartphones and we could hold a camera in our hands, we used to have cameras that we hung around our necks, and you couldn't see the image. It was old school, right? Yeah, we used to do that. Now, I don't know if you have one of these, but we used to wear these cameras around our neck and we would have to get film. I showed this to my kids a while ago and they had no idea what this was. So this is a film canister, true story, and inside is the film, there it is. And so this is a roll of film. Unlike all of our digital that we see nowadays, this is what we used to have to use. So you would get the film and you would have to put it into the camera and load it and hear it. And then as you would take pictures, your pictures would get stored on the negative. And when you were done, it would roll back up and the film would go back in. Now, the only way you could see your picture was you would have to take it in to get developed. And this would have to be opened up in the darkness of a room in order for the image to appear. It's a fascinating process. However, if your film gets exposed to light before it's opened in the darkness, it's destroyed. You cannot retrieve the pictures from here. And your memory is just that, a memory. Well, it's the same thing when we come into relationship with Christ. We come to him. We become a part of his family. We ask for forgiveness of our sins and the ways that we have lived a life separated from him. And in that moment, he takes the roll of film of our lives and he exposes it to his light, his love, his grace, his mercy. You and I replay over and over again our mistakes and our failures. But he takes all of it and he exposes it to the light, not the darkness, the light. And in that moment, everything is erased. All of it. All of it. We keep trying to go back and pull out the negatives and say, but look, see, remember when I did this? See how I screwed up? Remember God? Remember this time I like I messed up so bad? And he looks at it and he goes, huh, that's funny. I actually don't see anything. I see, I see my child whom I love. I see forgiveness. I see wholeness. I see my child. You see, you and I keep reminding him of our mistakes, and he keeps reminding us of our belonging with him. We remind him of our past, and he keeps reminding us of our future. It doesn't mean we still don't have things to deal with and pain and trauma, but it means when we come to him as his children, he looks at us and he goes, oh, I see goodness. I see love. I see potential. Charles Spurgeon says this, 
He says, the God of the past has blotted out your sin. The God of the present makes all things work for your good. And the God of the future will never leave you or forsake you. I love that. Well, over the years, I have had a lot of issues with my back and my knees in particular. Sometimes you'll hear me ask help to get something off the ground because my knees don't bend very well anymore. But I have dislocated my knee three times, and I have spent numerous months on crutches, doing physio, meeting with a surgeon, and all that fun stuff. I played sports for years, and I was very hard and unkind to my body. Back then, we didn't talk a lot about proper sports care and wearing the right equipment. We just went out and played. And I would often run 10 kilometers on pavement. You would think I would injure myself playing all these sports, but rather, on this particular occasion, I kicked open a door. Yep, that's all I did. I was at my church, and on this particular evening, it was after youth group. Some of the adults were having a Bible study down the hallway, and the board members and pastors were in a meeting across the hall. As I lay there, stuck on the ground, in a doorway, writhing in pain, the paramedics came, and as they came to assess the situation, someone had run to get my dad out of the boardroom, the board meeting, and he ran over to me to see how I was doing. And in that moment, someone looked up one of the paramedics and said, hey, Mike, what are you doing here? <laughs> and my dad responds, well, that's my daughter. <laughs> you see, my dad was a heavy-duty mechanic and certified in industrial first aid, and he had done a lot of training. He knew many of the paramedics in town, but those three words changed everything. That's my daughter. These men were already giving me great care, but when they knew who I was, that I was Mike's kid, they made a point of making sure everyone knew that I was Mike's kid. Yep, loading me into the ambulance on the radio, yeah, we have Mike's daughter. <laughs> Getting to the ER, meeting other staff, ah, uh, yeah, it's Mike's kid. I kid you not. I don't think I was treated any differently as much as it was recognized as to who I was. And I recall another occasion in the ER. I visited the ER a lot. But on another occasion, the doctor walks in and says, hey, Mike, what are you doing here? He's like, um, with my daughter. Well, I kind of think the Holy Spirit is like that too. That's my son. That's my daughter. When things happen in our lives, we are identified as his. With pride, even when we fail, even when we're broken and hurting, he is there. She's mine. He is mine. In the hardest moments and in the good ones, we're identified as his. We're marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit that gives us an identity and a place in God's family. He set a seal of ownership on us. 2 Corinthians 1.22 says, He set a seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. You see, God's authentication is behind that seal, which in turn opens us up to the promises of God for our lives. It's not something we earn. It is not something we lose. It is something we are given. Given, and it gives us a new identity in him and a place of belonging, not just here on earth, but in eternity. That ceiling is a promise that we are his now and forevermore, that he has claim on us as his own, and we will never, ever be abandoned by him. 
J.I. Packer says this. He says, we are not fit for a place in God's family. The idea of loving and exalting us sinners as he loves and exalted the Lord Jesus sounds ludicrous and wild. And yet that and nothing less than that is what our adoption means. It's beautiful. That and nothing less than that is what our adoption means. As God's children, you have been marked with the seal of his spirit. Just like Woody and Buzz needed to be reminded time and time again of whose name was on their boot, that their existence mattered, we too need to be reminded of whose we are. Your identity is rooted in God, and his spirit is placed on you to remind you of your place in his family, that you are his. Your life has been sealed with his spirit, and you've been marked with his love and grace, his forgiveness, and you've been brought into his family forever, given full rights as a child to access the promises of God. So today, maybe today, you need to be reminded of whose you are. Maybe you need to be reminded of your place in his family. Maybe you need to look at the bottom of your shoe and remember whose name is imprinted on you. Look into your heart. Look into your life. Who has made an imprint on you? Maybe today is the day you want to take that first step in acknowledging that, yeah, I actually want to be a part of God's family. As his son or daughter, you need to know this morning that you belong, that you are forgiven, and that you are a child of God, and that his spirit of authentication is upon you to know that you belong, that you are loved, and you are his. I'm going to invite you to join me in prayer, to just pause in this moment and to reflect on the authentication that has been placed on your life, to know that the seal of God's spirit is on you. And maybe you're here today and you've never been a part of church before or heard about God's love for you or his grace and forgiveness. I want to invite you to join me in praying if you want. And maybe you've been a believer for a really long time. I still want to invite you to join us as we pray, to repeat after me as we acknowledge today our need for him, but also thank him that we are his children. And so as you're comfortable, you can just bow your heads and pray along with me and repeat after me. So Father, we thank you for this day and this moment. God, we thank you for the seal of your spirit in our lives. God, today I acknowledge my need for you, my desire to have a place of belonging, to understand what it means to be your son or your daughter. God, help me to trust you. Help me to live with an understanding, to know that I am yours. Help me to open up my life 
to the privilege of what it means to be called your child. Help me to stop replaying my mistakes, my failures, and to begin to see myself as you see me, your child. You are a good father. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. And thank you for the promise of your spirit. We pray this in your name. Amen.